Mr. Tumble character. He's got a sitcom thing, all the kids watching, and then like he's got his house, he's got a robot servant called Robert. Yeah. And um, when the door knocks, there's a little song that goes, Who's at the door? Who's at the door? Someone better answer it. Get the door, Robert. Okay. That's what they sing to Robert. They've started singing that to me in my own house. <laughs> Hello, and thank you for downloading this episode of My Dad Pod. As always, thank you to everyone who has subscribed, left a rating, dropped us a comment, emailed and got in touch. If you haven't managed to do any of those, don't worry, there's still time and they're always much appreciated. I am Dave Berry and I recently became a father for the first time to a wonderful little being named Evangeline. And that's why I wanted to create a place for all people to come and celebrate the wonderful, exciting, frankly scary, but absolute joy of fatherhood. And each episode I'm joined by a different special guest to talk all things dad. And today I'm joined by a stand-up comedian, writer, actor, radio host, TV star, and it's fair to say, household name. He is also a dad of two. It's Rob Beckett. Hello. Hey, Rob. You managed to make fatherhood sound nice there. <laughs> It's horrendous. It's life-ruining. <laughs> so it changes. Is that your... You have to, you have to, it your life. So it changes your life. <laughs> Just sort of different schedules and routines. Um, did you find it a massive shock? Like, if we talk about your first child, when she came along, was it what you Do you know what the biggest shock was? Go biggest on. shock was, I read the book about childbirth. Yeah. Obviously, but once the baby came out, I stopped reading the book. The placenta was a surprise. <laughs> that little fella popped out. I thought I had messy twins. <laughs> Didn't know what was going twins. on. <laughs> Should have read the old book. You're currently on tour yeah. with the brand new show Wallop. Yes. Um, you're going to be playing gigs across the country, uh, all across the summer and then into next year as well. Does fatherhood feature in the new show? Is it something that's easy to write jokes about? Yeah, well, it's um, it, it, it's like anything. Anything that takes up a lot of your time, you end up writing about, whatever it is you're doing. So a lot of it is about family and I have such a weird demographic of I'll get 14 year old boys and girls coming up and they're not, they're not like 70 year old 8 year old women getting wheeled out like 93 god knows what they see me on but a real spread and I love the fact that I can make a whole family laugh I want to saw Peter Kane Croydon with my mum and dad and brothers and we sat there as a family all different ages and just laughed the whole time yeah. and what, all I'm ever doing is trying to recreate that you know what it's like it's hard to do stuff as a family without all hating each other and annoying each other you know, like, you know Christmas is a prime example oh, family. I love my family until I have to spend time with them yeah do you know what I mean, like, oh, I love, I've got such a close family. You're in there, going, these people are idiots. These people are doing my editing. <laughs> but so it's quite good to go somewhere with them that you don't have to speak until after. So I think it's a great place to come with your family. You watch something, they have a chat about it, have a beer after, and then they can go, we like that, you're like that, and, and, and can relate to that type of experiences. And that's what I love when I watch comedy because I used to love Billy Connolly and Richard Pryor and Eddie Murphy, but they were so alien to me. Like Eddie Murphy, this like, really cool, sexy New York guy, and Richard Pryor had this crazy life, and Billy Connolly was this long haired, sort of like, you know, hippie guy, and then I saw Alan Davis and Peter Cow. I was like, "Oh, you can do jokes about normal stuff, mm -hmm. and you can, and that's 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 what people want it, you know." So, um, yeah, I love doing stuff people can access, and like doing celebs go dating. I have like six, 16, 17 year olds who go, "Oh, I watch that. Me and my dad watch that with you, and it's so nice that they can have that moment because I can't imagine how awful it's going to be when I've got seventeen year old girls. What do you talk to them about? What do you, you know, apart from going, "Don't wear that, please." <laughs> Please don't wear that! <laughs> well, Celebs Go Dating is one of our favourite shows in my household. <laughs> it's a great, fun show, and like I say, that's what's good about it, because then, potentially, dads that wouldn't normally be stereotypically into reality star TV, um, that like their kids may be into, can get something from it. So that's what that's why it's a perfect show for me, where you can d do that kind of stuff. And um, yeah, so I, the, the thought of a whole family coming to see me, and then they're at home having a barbecue or a Sunday lunch, and they bring up something that I've said in the show, that's always been like something I'd love 
for people to you know, repeat my stuff. And Very rewarding. Use within like, your family's vocabulary because every family has different bits of vocab that only you and your family will have. We've got a thing called Tuesdays. Right. Which is basically comfy clothes. Because I went around <laughs> my mate's house once on a Tuesday and he was wearing like, like slobby jogging bombs. And I went, what are you wearing? He went, Tuesday. Wait, what? Well, I don't work Tuesdays, so we're me Tuesdays. So then we've just called comfortable clothes Tuesdays, and it's that little thing that no one else would know. So if some of my routines and jokes can get slip into people's vocab within the house, that's 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 when you know you've you've nailed something and you've really got something spot on. Yeah. So like a lot of it is about family, and I've always had a go at my posh in laws and in my working class family. So it's a lot about that clash, which I think is quite a big thing in you know society at the moment with that kind of clash between classes. So there's a lot of that, and then now I've got kids, I. T- totally understand the way my mum and dad did things and the way my in-laws did things even though I'm taking the mix still I understand why they made those decisions and then but now my kids are this weird mix of both of so I've, I've talked about me experience but they are that now so like my daughter's like daddy please can I have some water and my wife's telling me go tell her off I'm like that's how I talk and then that other daughter's telling me, I'm going, Daddy, it's water, not water. I'm like, shut up. <laughs> like, the other day she was saying so, Daddy, I'm she went, Daddy, can I have some more tomato? And my wife went, tell her. I went, no, it's tomato. And my wife went, no, it ain't. I went, is it? What is it? Tomato? I, I have a very similar situation in, in my family at the moment. Um, my, my wife and her family are relatively well-to-do, whereas, yeah. you know, my, my parents are from south-east London. But wall is the one that gets served. Wall. wall. Look yeah. at the wall. The wall, <laughs> I'm saying, I said we should hang that on the wall. Yeah. Sarah Jane's like, please stop saying wall. <laughs> you know, that's how I say it. I can't help. You don't even realise you're doing it, do you? They are funny. That's the thing. Like, you, you worry though you're going to bore people talking about your kids. Like when someone's like, oh look how cute they are. Yeah. You bore people if it's all positive. And I think if you're being a bit negative though, it's fun in stand up because you can. It makes people feel better about their how stressful it is with their kids and stuff. But like, I do, I do find it boring though with other people and their kids when they're like, they go, oh have you got a name? Like yeah, but I can't tell you it's a secret. Oh I know. I'm oh, not so, fan oh no, it's a, I mean, it's, I, I've only told my mum my best friend from uni, but it's a secret. I can't say it, actually. And I'm like, can you? It's a secret. No one cares what you're going to call your kid. No one cares. All you're going to do is give it a normal name. Or you're going to give it a weird one, we'll slag it off on Facebook and WhatsApp behind your back. That's what's going to happen. That's what's going to happen. Or the sex as well. Do you know what you're going to have? Yeah, but no, it's a surprise. It's 50 50. Yeah. Is it that exciting? Well, I know that because what you're saying is is funny because it's so true. But I'm I'm totally with you. As yeah. soon as we thought of the name Evangeline, we thought, oh, that's a really nice name. Yeah. We told everybody. We found out by no, that accident is a nice we were having a go. Well, thank you. Evangeline's a lovely it's name. Evie. And Evie's Evie. very popular. Yeah. That's fine. That's yeah. a normal name. But when it's some one of my friends went, and oh, we might call our daughter Gypsy. <laughs> I went, well, good luck. I hope you're saving for the therapy. <laughs> You can't wow. call a kid gypsy, can you? No, you can't. That's not on it. That's well, so... in a kind of they, they were thinking about kind of mystique. I don't know. They weren't thinking, Dave, were they? That's no. the issue. They weren't thinking. Was but... that for a boy or a girl? Who knows? Right. Surprise. We can... <laughs> we'll find out. It's not a surprise. If it's that exciting, you just stay indoors and do heads and tails. Yeah. Because that's all it is, a 50 50. Yeah. It's not going to come out Russian. That's no. a shock. We... What was it? Brazilian samba out. <laughs> Real surprise. With the kind of variety of, of shows that you do, you know, we touched on um, it being nice to think that a dad and his teenage daughter can watch celebs go dating and a whole family's being able to come and see you you live on tour. Is there certain things that your kids are watching that you're doing? Are there things that you want them to watch, allow them to watch, or is it all a bit too early for that yet? Yeah, I mean, at the moment, it's a little bit too early. When I did All Together Now, which is a fun singing show, because they love Strictly, they love the, the, the dancing on Strictly, the, the, the four-year-old loves that. But um, yeah, so when I did All Together Now, it's a bit of singing and dancing, and they were like, oh, it's daddy, daddy with a mic. 
microphone. But when I was a little, if my dad had been on telly, you record it on your VC. It's like, yeah. oh my God, like it's this big moment. He was once like in the background of something on like EastEnders because he had a cab <laughs> and they needed a cab. And he was like, here's that. And you've recorded, you've got it on a chunky thing. But like, now you're on screen so much. Like yeah. if you like if you just like you film each other and stuff, so kids are growing up now and used to seeing you like and them on screen, and then you can just flick it up onto your big telly in your house. So being actually on the telly, they're not aware that there's like a a fame element to that. They just think that might just be something I've recorded and popped up there. You know, it's a great expense, <laughs> a full studio show on yeah. your phone. Hiring one of the Spice Girls yeah, to do it yeah, with you as well. Exactly. Well, that ostentatious, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so they're not actually that shocked by. But do you watch Justin's House with no. yours? Justin's House on CBBC. It's um, uh, Mr. Tumbles. Oh no, she's, oh yes, I've watched it with my nieces. Yes, I, yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah, so Evie's he's a bit young for that yet. But, he's yeah. a bit. Uh, he's his character, which he's like. He's got Mr. Tumble character. And he's got Justin Fletcher. He's like him, and he's got his sitcom thing. All the kids watching. And then like he's got his house. He's got a robot servant called Robert. Yeah. And um, when the door knocks, there's a little song. They go, "Who's at the door? Who's at the door? Someone better answer it. Get the door, Robert. Okay." That's what they sing to Robert. They've started singing that at me in my own house. <laughs> Your children so... call you Robert? Well, yeah, because they've heard Lou go, Robert, Rob, Rob, Rob. And so they just sing that at me now and like, laugh hysterically. And I have to answer the door because it's too high for them. And I'm just getting, like, bullied, basically. With touring and yeah. the length of the tour you're about to go on, yeah. are you torn between really missing the girls mm. or are you really looking forward to having some time in a hotel room? It depends... Well, after two years of not being on tour, I'm quite looking forward to the first two weeks. Okay. <laughs> Just like, not going to lie. Not going to lie. Once I've caught up on sleep, I'll start yeah. missing them. But until I've had enough sleep, you know, I actually see them loads because because I'm around in the day. Sometimes I leave, like, if, if I'm doing Brighton, for example, I don't leave till, like, three, four in the afternoon. So, like, I've seen them all day because they're not at school yet. So, I've seen them all day. And then, you know, the mum, the mum, but my wife, Lou, their mum. <laughs> the other one who's not me. Yeah, the other uh, one, the one, the one in there. She, <laughs> so, she'll, she'll, like, do them dinner and put them to bed. And But I've seen them for most of the day. And then, so, you do see them actually quite a lot if you're not, because it's not like a band where you're away for six months doing North America or something. I mean, it probably is if you're more successful, but currently it's sort of just Telford on a Tuesday, <laughs> two hours back, and so I do I do still see them quite a lot because it's a lot of back and forth. So it's not like six months away. So it's um you know it's it's, it's not much different to doing a normal nine to five because really I'm only on stage for an hour and a half. So with the travelling, it's not it's not you're not away as much as you'd think. We're all aware of the concept of the dad joke. Yes. And, but do you find your kids funny? Well, yeah, they do. It's weird. They pick up little things and you don't know where they've got them from. And then you find out it's like Bing on the telly. It's normally some sort of TV show. I've let them watch too much. But then I feel like I can't moan them for watching telly. I literally make it. Yeah, <laughs> that's very up, true. Don't watch telly. Actually, do watch it because that pays the mortgage. <laughs> Keep the old telly watching up. But um, yeah, so like my four-year-old started going, oh, man. No idea. Oh, man. <laughs> no, like, she goes, I go, we're going to bed now. She goes, oh, man. <laughs> the and Americanisms like, seem to see. Yeah. A lot of people have said that on this podcast. Oh, man. <laughs> like, where's that come from? What are, what are you thinking at this stage as far as technology and screen time goes yeah. with the girls? Is it something that you're monitoring, you and Lou are monitoring, or is it something that you, you don't really mind because they're not interested in it in yeah. the first place? They have, like, little iPad, like, tablet things, uh-huh. which we use for, like, if we're on a train journey and they've got headphones or if... Um, they, if they, what we've been doing as well, because we're so tired, like if they wake up at like five in the morning, I will just give them that so I get an hour of sleep. And I know that's wrong, but at the moment it's survival. The dad pod does not judge. We are just yeah. here to hear stories and exchange advice. Yeah, exactly. And if, you know, so it's in extreme, like when they're stressing, I will just like whip that out. Yeah. But it's not too worrying because they're literally just watching like iPlayer or Netflix or the Disney app and stuff that, 
is okay for them to watch, like the kids' stuff. But it's when they start getting let loose on YouTube and Insta- that I think when they're a bit, you know, gets about nine or ten and they start getting phones in school and all that. But at the moment, they're a bit too young for that. But I keep going, I hope the sort of social media sorts itself out by the time they're on it. Instagram's better because it's not so harsh It's like a Twitter. happier place to be, isn't it? It is and it is and it is because there's not as much abuse. Yeah. But the, the, the inter- there's, more, there's, there's less external pressure, but Instagram puts out more internal pressure of like, how many likes? What do I look like in this picture? And that's why I go out and I put the worst photos of me online because <laughs> then I'm a surprise in the flesh. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And you're a very pleasing surprise. <laughs> very, in, in pleasing. The flesh. very pleasing. Very um, pleasing surprise. You've been, you've been fantastic on social media. One of the things you adopted was the cold concept of good morning and yeah. then just Google imaging, I presume. Oh, Some I did that strange picture. Over a thousand It was photos. your consistency that was I impressive. I feel bad that I've stopped doing that, but you just start running out of fa- I think I've got. I think I've done all the photos. I think I sent you one saying, have you done it? <laughs> yeah, I don't done it. But then I might just start redoing it. The thing is as well, I had a rule where I wouldn't do paparazzi ones because I think it's unfair on the celebrity because if they do look bad they're allowed to look bad Like, and I try and do more ones where it's like they're advertising baked beans because I know they got paid for that yeah. and they've said I want to do this and I want to be photographed but due to the fact I've run out I might start I'm going back on my morals <laughs> <laughs> And just start banging out someone. Consistency in the moral code were the two things that made that great. There's Rob. only one that I posted that was a paparazzi shot, but it was so good I couldn't not. Who was it? Wayne Rooney on holiday licking a giant chubba chubs. <laughs> and I, I'll try and find it for you. You could probably attack. And it, it is. It's without doubt that one of the best photos that's on the internet. And I thought I know that's paparazzi, but the world needs to see it. I mean, if you type in Wayne Rooney, Big Lollipop, you get it. And the shorts are tiny. I mean... <laughs> big Lollipop, tiny shorts. There you go, boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's great, isn't it? It really is good. Wow. Should... That is one of the best pictures on the internet. I mean, yeah. It's like, what, what, what more do you want? Wayne Rooney, Big Lolly is what you've got to search lolly, out right now. He's got terrible little glasses on. Shorts are really small. And then Poro cleans there with, like, a blue tank top on, holding a plastic bag and some camouflage shorts. <laughs> Rob, let's move on and talk about your dad. Because I've, yes. when I've been to see you a couple of times, and on both occasions, you've had loads of family there, which is just always <laughs> yeah. so lovely. And they, I think your uncle came over to me and said hello. And yeah, they'll have a free night out. <laughs> it was, and it's been always really nice to meet you. My brother asked me for tickets, right, to, to Croydon. Like, he went, can I come Croydon show? I went, yeah, yeah, yeah. How many tickets do you want? He went, how many can you get? 2,000? <laughs> do you want 2,000 tickets, Darren? How many can you get? How many, well, all of them. It's my show. They sort of think that I'm like working for a band and I can just get like, like I'm still getting paid the same. <laughs> Sorry, it's about my dad's dad. No, I wanted to ask about your dad. I mean, yeah. do, do you see um, differences or similarities in the way that you're a dad compared to how your dad was yeah. to you? You know, because I know you've, you famously on record saying that you grew up in a very funny family. Yeah, and yeah. It was quite banterous and, and, and that's great. Do you see similarities and, and where are the differences? Um, I, I, I think... I, I think I'm around a little bit more just because he had to work so hard. Because, like, I mean, he worked shifts, but, like, in a cab. But he'd go out at, like, 10 in the morning and come back at 3 in, three in the morning. Like, wow, proper. And then leading up to a holiday, you wouldn't see him for two weeks and he'd be doing 20-hour shifts just because we, there weren't a, a, as much money knocking around. So, and, and I did find as well that he would be, like, quite stressed before holidays and, like, he had so much pressure on him to do it. And, you know, luckily for me, you know, like, by doing this job, like, I'm around a lot more in the day 
because I'm only on stage for an hour and a half, like at the most and stuff. And I do feel like I'm in a much more privileged position where I can be a little bit calmer to make decisions and stuff because I don't have as much pressure on me Mm. as he did to work those long hours and stuff. But I still think essentially we're both a pair of silly idiots. right? So (laughs) ultimately we're the same people. It's weird as well because there's a lot more emphasis on like the education of of my kids' education, I think, will be the mind. Because my mum and dad left school at 13, 14 to go straight into employment. Mm -hmm. When I I was there a bit longer and then I ended up going to uni to do a tourism degree. It was an absolute waste of time. But (laughs) I had a right old laugh. The Blair years, you know, when anyone was going. (laughs) He loved it, didn't he? Yeah. Education, education, education. I don't know what I was doing there, but it certainly weren't free lots of education. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it was just like, we'll go and get a job and earn some money where hopefully I'll be in a position to my kids where they can have a think about like different options. We're doing comedy and that wasn't really something that was offered or thought of, something you could do. So that'll be different. Like Even I'll feel a bit like intimidated by their education of like, they'll have time to do it and it'll be more, and my wife's a teacher and she's got a master's in something, I don't know, something clever and all that. And she's very on it with that. So I feel a bit like I'm going to lose this race of intelligence very quick. Do you know what I mean? But I think it's a good progression from like, you go, that my parents left school at 13 or 14 with nothing, no money, actually to work all the time. But now they work so hard that I could think about being a comedian. And then I have become one and I've got more spare time to sort of now help them. So it's, a, it's nice to see that evolution and also like the hard work that my parents put in allowed me to be in a position to work hard so that they can have opportunities that I never had and wouldn't even cross my parents generation's mind so it's just it's nice to see that those hours that my dad put in that cab mm. it's like the trickle down effect so the hard think- work and the, gr- and, the, and the work ethic my mum and dad because my mum looked after us boys and worked that work ethic has bled into me where mm-hmm. I could be doing a lot less but I, I love working hard I love setting an example so that hopefully my kids will carry on that I think, work ethic I think it's in a way I think it's quite a moving observation Rob I think that you know the, the basic idea that you can possibly give your children you know, something that you weren't able to have. And if you can look at that through previous generations as well, including your your mum and dad. What's also similar is my wife has got a master's degree in something I don't understand. (laughs) And I I went as far as doing a year of A-levels before. Becoming a star, darling. (laughs) Um, But so so I have the same uh, Mm. with my parents as well. But I am concerned that Evangeline is going to get to a year at school sooner than I'd probably like where I won't understand how to help her with her homework. I I think I might have to hire a tutor for me. To help with her own work. <laughs> so that, that she's all right. But someone's sitting next to me going, Rob, yeah. what you need to do it. The thing is, though, what I was thinking about it, and like my children will maybe have more access to more materialistic things that I may have not had, and my parents certainly didn't have. And like the privileges of, you know, being able to go to uni and not worry too much about money, where like for me, I, I didn't have anything. Like they couldn't help me with any money at uni. But what's really helped me, like I'm going to comedy, such a middle class world, there's a lot of money, a lot of privilege and stuff, was that. I was doing stuff with people, Oxford graduates, like people that have gone to Oxbridge, and I'm doing the same thing as them, getting the same money as them for gigs and stuff like that. The pressure they had from their parents that had spent money on a private education and hoping that they were going to have barristers, lawyers, CEOs, and then they're just knocking about pubs and clubs with me. Yeah. You'd be fuming, wouldn't you? <laughs> so I, even point, though I didn't yeah. have that sort of access to education or access to money to help me try and become a comedian, what I did have was total support and belief from my parents. For some reason, just like, yep, you can do that. And I when I first did Hammersmith Apollo supporting Russell Kane my mum and dad were doing something somewhere else so I went I'm doing it went oh we can't come but we'll see you when you do it on your own 
And I was like, what, what? And then my mum was like, what am I not doing? And then, but they were right. I did do it on my own. But they had ultimate belief. And Lovely. whenever I needed support, you know, and, you know, they did help me out with bits of money and never, like, as much as they could. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't about that. But being able to go home and talk about it and then to go, don't worry, you're doing real. And being supportive and always going, go on, Rob, keep going. Not going, why don't you get a proper job? You're wasting your time. That, for me, was way more important than any education or connection into the industry that you could have had from that world. So as much as sometimes you didn't have as much privilege coming back from working class family into that world what I did have I think served me better having that absolute belief because especially in comedy and any broadcasting a lot of it's mental and keeping your head right and if you've got two people that back you 100% mm. that makes you much more stronger and confident no matter how much you know educational money or the networking that you could get do you know what I mean so I'll never be grateful for that and the work ethic that I saw them put in helped me massively with gigging because all it is is you know time on stage you know it's like being a pilot time in the air it's getting on stage and doing it and working 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 and they're backing and that work ethic just helped me bundles well, I mean, I was talking with Frank Skier and he said that, you know, it takes 20,000 hours to be- yeah. of, you know, a flight time, as you call it, yeah, to become yeah. an expert at anything. And having that support and encouragement meant that you could start to get those hours under your belt, 10 yeah. years of doing exactly. stand-up. We were talking on another thing, how proud you are of what you've written and how great yeah. Wallop's going to be as a tour. It's so like- it's a nice time to reflect on what your parents have done, I think, yeah. and to hear you talk about that. I think and, I've, I find that quite moving. And that's and that's come into the tour a bit, because I've always sort of, you know, to the out them and my in-laws about what they've done. Like, my mum didn't know a seals was real until she saw one of an aquarium, right? Because she never didn't know. You don't have an occasion, you don't know. Yeah, you don't see many knocking not. about South East London, right? Some would argue, maybe find out for yourself, but how'd how, how you find out about it if you don't know it exists? Right? Yeah, just, Unless you just Google two random words. Yeah, see, and a horse. Um, oh, oh my horse. God, it works. Google whacking. So, uh, but before, I've just sort of gone, oh, that's funny, isn't it? Or like, what well, they did that with us when we were little. But now I've got kids, I understand the way, you know, like, the way they've reacted and done stuff. So I feel like I've been reflecting more on that because of the way this tour's gone because I've had my own kids I can see oh they may have done that because of this or they didn't have money for that or they, they that's why they said that to try and be like that so it's made me think about it more rather than just being a bit more not selfish but more self-involved because when you don't have kids it's sort of an old cliche like you're just worried about yourself so much. You know, mm. what about me? I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. But then you're all of a sudden you just worry about them. Every time I do anything, I feel they're going to need therapy for that, are they? Because I said he couldn't, she couldn't have that doll. Is that she's going to bring that up yeah. in like 20 years or whatever? And you're constantly worrying about that. And then it makes you reflect on their parenting because you ask for advice. What should you do with me at that age and stuff like that? So, yeah, it has been quite a bit more of a reflective show. But there's no soppiness in it. That might be a subtext, but do not expect any open hearted. You're not going to cry at the end. Okay. You'll laugh. But it yeah. might be like, and then I just realised it's me opening up. I don't do that. It's, yeah. it's pure laughter. And there's your daughter, little gypsy in the front row, wiping a tear from her eye. There she is, little gypsy and st- <laughs> Stonewall. Sea and horse are there. <laughs> little lovely girl. Now, the last time we saw each other, my daughter was yet to be born. And the reason the dad pod came to fruition really was because I was asking guests on my radio show and listeners alike to give me pieces of dad advice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yours was a fantastic one. And it's so true. And I didn't realise how true it would be at the time. But take your time in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can disappear into the loo for half oh, an hour now. That's how I caught up on Game of Thrones. <laughs> I mean, I got, yeah. you haven't seen it at all. What's that? No, <laughs> you watched all seasons. <laughs> I was very disappointed with the ending. Personally, I had piles, but <laughs> too much sitting down. But, but and also as well, just getting ready. Not, not just toilet time, but like getting ready because time is so precious, especially when you've got a little baby. And uh, if we were going out for the day, I go and get a shower in like eight minutes. I'm done. 
Yeah. Like, wait, let me air dry and then put a bit of gel in there. I'm done in eight minutes, right? <laughs> and then, but my wife being in 45 minutes. And then I started growing a beard in my hair long, <laughs> just so I'd have something to do, <laughs> so I could make the time in there longer. This is really good. Talking about dads and kids' advice, it's yes. really think on, on comedians in cars getting coffee. Yes. It's a bit where Kevin Hart's talking to Jerry Seinfeld, and Kevin Hart obviously is worth nearly billions, right? Yeah. Uh, who have silly amounts of money, and Jerry Seinfeld is well worth four, five hundred million dollars. So Kevin Hart was saying to Jerry, My kids say to me, We're rich, aren't we, Dad? And we were really rich. And Kevin Hart said he gave his daughter a speech. Go, we have money, but I've worked really hard. And we're rich because we're a close family. That is much more important than money. And all this all the classic cliche stuff, right? Trying to take the attention away from the money more that we're rich in family and in love and all stuff like that. And then he went through his big impassioned speeches. Thought, went, yeah, but we're rich, aren't we? We're really rich. <laughs> and then Jerry Seinfeld says, he goes, no, he goes, no, I'm rich. <laughs> You're not rich. He goes, but Dad, we play first class. And he goes, you know, yeah, because you're with me. I'm rich. If you come with me, we go first class. But if you're on your own, you're not rich. I'm rich. Getting the distinction. Yeah, it's important. Benedict Cumberbatch, his piece of dad advice to me was sleep when they sleep. Make sure to build in some napping time mm. to avoid going insane. Yeah. Um, how many nannies did he have? Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to cast aspersions on the name, but Benedict and Cumberbatch, that's two at least, isn't it? <laughs> Pop yeah. them in the East Wing and go for a sleep for 10 hours. <laughs> but he may not have, but yeah, you've got to sleep when they sleep. But it's so erratic, but also you've got to do other stuff in the house and you've got to do a dishwasher, you've got to tie, yeah. you can't just, you know. My wife and um, Evie went away last week and it took me two days of being yeah. on my own in the house before I realised I could turn the TV up over the volume of nine. <laughs> <laughs> And then once I discovered that and I felt like the stabilisers are off, oh, yeah. I went I went feral, I went back in time by about 12 years. And it, this ended, they, they're getting back today, I'm seeing them today. Yeah. Yesterday I ate a pizza in my bed. Unbelievable. <laughs> I need them that, back, Rob. Do you know what, right? I sort of think, if Lou left me and took the kids, right, yeah. out the house, boom, gone, right? Yeah. Obviously you're going to be sad at some point, probably when the divorce settlement comes through. But you're obviously going to be sad, but... That first five days of an empty house. Yeah. And you literally just smashing through your recordings. <laughs> like, I'll be sad that she's gone, but the first five days, yeah. it'll be like the greatest five days of your life. And then, you know, once you've caught up and everything and you've run out of food and it sort of just gets cold and lonely, that's when you sort of, you know, you get sad. But the first five days yeah. of a divorce must be quality. Getting the disc space you know back I mean? up on oh, your sky planner. Deleting it. That's yeah. that RuPaul's Dragway. It's gone. Gone. Wallop. See you later. Eight episodes of this. Gone. Oh. So, Rob, let me ask you this. Yeah. It's 15 years from now. Okay. And your two girls listen to this podcast back. Yes. What would you like to say to them? At 15, you are not going out like that. <laughs> Whatever they're wearing. <laughs> you, you are not wearing that. You're not allowed outside. Even, so they, no. they're going to be in there Tuesdays, seven days a week. Tuesdays, seven <laughs> days a week. No, I'm not being silly. Um, what would I say to them? Um... Do you know what? I'm very keen not to be that preachy dad. And because, you know, I've come from a bit of a different background. I don't want to be that going, well, when I grow up, I had this. Or when your nan and granddad had this. But no, I don't want to be too preachy. But hopefully what I'm going to do is if I'm a good enough dad, I shouldn't have to give them too much advice at 15. And hopefully they'll be making the right decisions. But um, I will be there looming over them to tell them they are doing it wrong. Though <laughs> I can't help it. I talk too much. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm going to try, but I'll be just biting my lip. Just like, no. You got to, I think you've got to learn for yourself. You cannot be told. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like... Obviously, I don't get in a car with a stranger. We've, we've, <laughs> talk, we've touched on that before, yeah, the on the show. I'm going to try and give them the best building blocks and try and be as normal as possible and a nice life so that when they do get to those formative years, they're in a position that they don't need me on their case and they're already making those right decisions. So I think if I put in the graph now, 
by then, they hopefully will be making the right decisions. So effectively, your kids hear this back in 15 years' time. You don't have anything to say to them because you've already raised them perfectly. Yeah, basically, I've done my work. Like the tour, I've done me prep. You get on with it. Get out of my house and earn a living. That's my message. If 15, you you are getting a job at 16 or you get nothing. Yeah? Uh, And finally, Rob, there's an old saying about having to pick your favourite child. You do not need to name them. Just a simple yes or no answer. Do you have a favourite child? It depends on the day. (laughs) Depends on how the morning's gone. But they change it hourly. Hourly. Yeah. Okay. Um, Rob, it's been great seeing you. Thank you for being my guest on the Dad Pod and continued success with the tour and being a father. And it's been really lovely talking about um, your family and all that stuff. It's been a, a really enjoyable time. If this goes really well, you can get people back in 15 years' time. Oh, yes. And then they can, you can bring the kid in. <laughs> Rob, thank you very much. Cheers. Thanks, mate. The always brilliant Rob Beckett. As ever, don't forget to leave my dad pod a comment and a rating if you enjoyed it. And why not share it with your friends? Thank you to all of you who have done so thus far. My guest next episode will be the star of Cold Feet and The Fast Show, John Thompson. Remember, you can get in touch with my dad pod by emailing me. It's daveberrydadpod at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening. Listener.